Welcome back to System and Trivia, the podcast where we talk about teeny tiny computers. This is Brent. Blockcock. And I'm a raspberry. And tonight we we have something a little bit different. We I don't Brent know. Brent is switching I, to I a Windows admin. It. No, I'm not. <laughs> not that different. We missed the joke for <laughs> the April Fool's episode. Oh, that would have been such a good one, too. That would have been... Ah, we keep missing it. But see, historically, we haven't done it. So, I mean, there's no reason to like do it now. You know? I don't know. There's no no uh, best time to start like the present. That's true. So. That's true. That's true. That's true. No, I we we're actually da, 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 talking. Da, calm da, down. Da. Calm down. Wow. We'll be talking about some issues that a user has given us. And about us. No, not about us. About, about IT. About us being IT. Yes. No, not, it's not about us being <laughs> IT. It's about their <laughs> IT department. But I, I feel I, know. Like, I feel like they're common enough problems across multiple IT departments that it's something that should be addressed. Right, right, right. It is right, a little right, bit right. unfamiliar territory for us because a lot of these are like Windows infra stuff. But, you know, that's... Help! My admin doesn't know how to click next, 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 finish. <laughs> Honestly, like nine-tenths of these things are kind of bad. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, there's, there's some, no, there's some good Windows admins out there. Yes, there you know, and, and a lot of bad ones. But Shout out to A Mayor. So. He's a Windows admin? I don't know. I don't oh. think so. Fair enough. Just a shout out to him. Cool. Well, he's my fan. Before we get into that, mm-hmm. do you guys feel like we banter? Do you have banter energy in you tonight? Are you feeling high energy? I just want to talk about how great life is. <laughs> I mean, wow. Okay. That's sisterhood of the traveling pants shit, j <laughs> Because you know why? why? Because I'm getting a motherfucking raspberry pie. Okay. <laughs> raspberry pie. If you were wondering, we are not sponsored by raspberry pie. Actually, I need to talk to you guys about something really fast. Brent, you, you have a standing desk, or is it convert? It's a conversion. It's a geek desk. What? They have a motorized. What chair do you use? Jathan just asked me in channel. I know. I said and I will it, link it, to it after recording. Fantastic. Well, I kind of wanted to know. Chair. So here's my question, Brian. Yeah. Can we do the 15 clams first? No. What? No. That's out of order. We can't do things Fine, out of order. Fine, I'll ask you later then. But I'm write pissed. it down so you don't forget. Life isn't good anymore. Write it down. You better use your, your <laughs> Mac and its notes app to write down. He doesn't record on his Mac anymore, do you? No. I don't know. Does he? Are you on your laptop or one of your pies? <laughs> I'm on my laptop. Oh, okay. Not my FreeBSD pie. <laughs> I will get my laptop on FreeBSD soon. Is that is that your 15 clams? Is that my what? Your 15 clams? The FreeBSD pie? Oh, you'll see what my clams are about when we get there. Because I'm going to talk about it. I don't it, know if I want to. And I don't want to talk about it yet if it is your 15 clams. It's part of my clams. Okay, save well, hold on to clams. it. All of our pre-show discussion, save it for the clams. Okay, got it. In save that case, it for all the clams. We got a little bit of banter in. What is everyone drinking? I'm drinking ice water. Ooh, I'm actually having alcohol. I am on the road to recovery in terms of feeling better, <laughs> okay. I believe. Okay. Uh, what do you... What I, what, what? I don't know that I'm really supposed to be drinking yet, but here we are. <laughs> Fuck the man. <laughs> well, it, it was just hard not drinking for like <laughs> two months of my life. <laughs> Jay thought you might have a problem. <laughs> well, I had a problem, but I no, took two months no, off and now he, it resets. He definitely has a problem. <laughs> no, that's not, that's not how that <laughs> it, works. Dude, if I could possibly stop for two months, I don't have a problem. No, no. Once you're an alcoholic, you're always an alcoholic. 
It's just a matter of whether you're yes. a recovering alcoholic or not. That's true. That's well, I'm true. definitely not recovering today. Anyway, I am drinking. Okay. How can you have a hangover? Roll. How can you have a hangover if you never stop drinking? <laughs> well, I don't get hangovers. I'm drinking Grolsch Premium Lager. What? Uh, what Premium Lager? Grolsch. Mm. You know what you haven't had in a while? Three times already. What was that drink that is like beer and vodka? Oh, yours. Yours. Yeah, that you haven't had one of those. Yeah, I haven't had a good beer that that constitutes Yorsh territory. Mm. Normally, I would do that with like a fruity summer beer, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. like a spritzer, a vodka and soda. Except it was beer. <laughs> Hear me. <laughs> Maybe I do have a problem. <laughs> I, well, summer times are thought, coming, so we'll get back to the Yorsh times. Yorsh. I thought a spritzer was juice and like Sprite. It is. Jake doesn't know. No, I think it's white wine and something else. There's lots of different kinds of spritzers. Where I come from, it's vodka and beer. Okay. Okay. Is that AA that you're coming from? (laughs) No, that's where I'm going. Why would you? Why would you join an automobile automobile association if you're a drunk? You mean AA? You mean AAA? Automobile Automobile Association of America. That was the joke. All right. Got it. All right. Wow. what are you drinking? I have water. So Jathan has flipped. Jathan and I have flipped. flipped. I was drinking. I was drinking last time. Oh. I'm a man now. <laughs> I, I, the or just to an alcoholic. Alcohol does not make you a man. <laughs> I, just, I think you're just an alcoholic. Like you know what? I feel a little bit better. I don't care what the doctor says. I, I'm drinking. <laughs> that that uh... might be. <laughs> what does a doctor know anyway? He doesn't know about my body. What? Yeah, I mean, how many doctors Jesus. have you seen preventing people from getting the coronavirus? Seriously, none. Yeah, that's none. true. We, we should all, all listen them. to Jathan, the doctor scientist, when he says you need to drink alcohol have died from nonstop. coronavirus right now. This second? This second, right now, 80 billion people died. <laughs> I don't think that number is correct. <laughs> I, I have my doubts about the veracity of that number. <laughs> 80 billion. 100 trillion people have died from <laughs> coronavirus right now. <laughs> As we speak, As 3 we trillion speak. more have died. <laughs> oh, what gosh. Fuck. What's wrong you see, you it's funny, Jathan, because the world population is like 7.3 billion. Yeah. Uh huh. I can see the. I'm in the bedroom. The door is closed. And uh, oh yeah, I moved by the way. Yeah, he and moved. I can just. You're see back in the, the closet, right? Is, shh, not tonight, but I will be. Okay, because I did hear a slight echo. Back in the closet for him. Uh, the cat is just thrusting her paws under the door, trying to open the door to get in. Oh yeah, it. that's fun. She's doing her toe beans. <laughs> yeah, she's showing off the toe beans. Showing off the toe beans. She is begging toe for beans. a tribute. Jason, yes. you need to give her. Like a mouse or a fish or like tuna. I mean, tuna's fish, but like chop it up because <laughs> you can't give her like a whole tuna because it would crush her. So you got to give her like a little bit of tuna. You, have to, you don't have to put the tuna just, on top. I, I can just imagine Jathan fishes up some fucking tuna from Baja, California, <laughs> carries it home to Colorado. It's rotting. He just throws it at the cat. It smashes the cat. The cat's laying there like, mmm. The cat would be like, what a way to fucking go, man. If I gotta die, I'd rather be crushed by a tuna than anything else. Crushed by a tuna. Uh, what is happening? We're talking about how you would feed tuna to a cat. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> then why are you asking what's happening? 
Wow, Haven't you been paying attention? Great. Wake up, sheeple. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, I hate that phrase. You know what? I hate both of those phrases. Fuck you. First of all, fuck you very much because but, I just lost the game. Oh fuck. Oh yeah, I lost. I lost earlier today and put it in ISC. Is Thank that just so catching much. up with you now? I was. I'm or reading through the remember? backlog and all of a sudden, uh, bam! Right there. Yep. Yep. Thank you so much, Beaches. It's all your fault. <laughs> no, that was. I think that was more Jathan's fault. I mean, it is. It's really Jathan's fault. Actually. I mean, ultimately, it's my fault because I'm the one that lost and had to announce it. But correct. I lost because Jathan said he lost his video, and I was like, well, "Yeah, that. Oh, like that. The game. Dang it. You know. So <laughs> there it is. Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. You should uh, go look at my Twitter real quick. I will do that Why? later because I'm recording now. Yeah, we're in the middle of something. Yeah, but it's very relevant serious. right now. I just built with some blocks while we were talking. Why, why would we want to look at your Twitter? Oh my gosh. All right, you guys banter for a second. I, I'll look. And so help me, Jathan, if this is not <laughs> funny, I'm going to be pissed. It's, it's funny. <laughs> I'm going to be pissed. Be very pissed, Brent. Be very pissed. I'm pissed, but I had to see this. It's not a nude, is it? I don't want to... <laughs> it is a nude. It's him with the thing over his crotch, you know, like in uh, uh, Austin Powers, you know, where the... Damn, this is fucking stupid. What? <laughs> I told you you were going to be pissed. All right, said, you got me. You got me because of how fucking dumb it is. He's got three fucking plugs just plugged into each other. It's a smart plug. Do they get smarter if more of them are plugged into each other? No, it's security because <laughs> oh, it's somebody would have to turn on or off. <laughs> no, they would all have three? to turn on all three. Yeah, yeah you got some echo They could turn on off just one. By the way, I thought it bypasses Probably. the current. What do you mean? Like I thought it'll still pass. The... I mean, they have an out, right? An AC out. Yeah. yeah that's okay. What he's plugging into. So plugging, why would you have to be? Pl- I'm pretty sure they just bypass that. Like they just draw one power, no. and they, like a like a tap. But I'm saying to turn the actual appliance plugged into the last one on, all three would have to be turned on. It only passes power through that AC out if it's turned on. Uh-huh. That's so dumb. Well, that's how they work, you idiot. It's so dumb. That's so dumb. Why would they it's, do that? To protect... Never mind. Anyway. What do you mean? No, but Don't why... That is the point. To turn appliances on and off with a plug? Okay, how smart are these? Are these like Shiva plug type shit? Or is it just to like... It's just an on-off switch. Oh, it's one of those. Okay, I see. It's to control like lights and stuff, not like. Well, or another smart plug. Yeah. <laughs> I hate you so much. What do you do Why? this to me? For the record, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, if we have any ladies, welcome. By the way, uh, I'm sorry that you're here. For the record, ladies and gentlemen, Jathan has taken three smart plugs and plugged them you together, know what? and you then know what? tweeted that. You know what I'm going to do? I'm doing thumbs up right now. He's going to retweet it. No. Uh, help. Fuck no. I'm not going to retweet. Retweet that nonsense. Retweet. Retweet that? I'm not going to retweet it. Okay. What I am going to do, however, is I'm saving it. Oh, okay. Good. And I'm going to put it in the show notes. Oh, good. The listeners can marvel at the absolute (laughs) uselessness of this. The best part is you were so mad. You're like, I'm not going to go look at it. And we just spent like three minutes. I know. I know. I'm mad at myself for even just entertaining that. All right. Whatever. Whatever. Were we talking about anything important before that? No, not really. No. Okay. All right. Payton, do you want to hit us with your tip then? It's, <laughs> I, we're, we're 12. I do. We're almost 13 minutes into the raw we, here. We are. It's rough. Okay. All right. So tonight, 
for you fine people. And I'm saying people so that, you know, nobody, never mind, anyway, whatever. We're going to talk about grep. Mm-hmm. Now, this is not going to be me going grep equals searches named input. Okay, I'm not going to do that. I will read the definition and then we will talk about some things and then we will discuss a little bit more in depth on it. So grep is a program that searches named input files or standard input, if nothing is specified, and it looks for a pattern. So like if you're looking for the word JSON in the show notes, you would do grep and then you could just do JSON and it would search. That's a very basic default search. We can go further into that. There are also a couple other things. There's egrep and fgrep. So egrep is extended regex and fgrep is a list of is essentially a list of fixed strings. egrep is the same as grep dash capital E and fgrep is the same as grep dash capital F. Mm-mm. egrep is the same as dash low as grep dash lowercase capital e. e. No, nope, capital e. e. Capital E. Capital E is extended regex, which egrep doesn't e-grep. do by default. It says because you have to do egrep dash e. It says on the man page that egrep is the same as grep dash capital E. Did they? And fgrep is the same as grep dash capital F. Seriously? Seriously. On e- linux.die.net man slash one slash grep. Wait, you didn't know that? No. So like this e- for e- a while. Capital just lowercase e is right, is, is the pattern as the pattern. So what if you if you do dash e jthon, I thought e, yeah, J-thon. I know. I'm saying I for the longest time egrep was just nope. Egrep has always been grep, as in regular I mean, expression. I, I, but then I, I, it didn't yeah, do yes, essentially. But oh, am I thinking of that? Oh, I think I see what they did. Yep. So they they extended. Correct. Right. So dash capital F is like a Wait, fixed where string. Wait, where do you see it's the same as capital E? Look under the description. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Go to the second paragraph under description. In addition, two variant programs, egrep and fgrep, are available. E-grep are you? Is the same are as we grep looking at the same? Capital e. I'm looking at the man page F-grep on an arch is system. The same as grep that is F- capital F. That is not what mine says. Oh, I'm oh, third Linux. paragraph. Okay, on third okay. paragraph on the arch man page. I mean, you're. Yeah, grep dash I was looking at linux.die.net slash man slash one slash grep. These variants are deprecated but provided for backward compatible. Okay, yeah. So the Linux, that archive library, whatever you want to call it, doesn't necessarily match upstream. So Arch man page for grep has it in the third paragraph under description. So that's what I was yeah. reading the second paragraph and I was like, I don't say that at all. What are you talking about? But okay. Yep. I think that might have changed because... It would only use. I mean, the, it would use the equivalent of dash capital G before. Yes, would. That's what I was getting to. Was that okay. ca- dash capital G is your basic and default regular expression? So if you don't specify anything, it will be uh, a dash capital G. I think that was changed too, because grep used to just not do regex at all. You should just do globbing and like find. Well, right, it's, it's a it basic was... regular expression. So like, if you do jthon, it will find jthon. Well, right, do, like, right, right. If you do like. Four, then you have to like. I think that's how okay that in the like, in the hierarchy of these yeah. things mm-hmm. because I think it was shifted is what I'm saying. It used mm-hmm. to be grep was just glob, right? Just right. right. Star right, right. whatever, and then at some point I think they added in very basic capital G right regex right support because I, mean, I remember getting... at one point grep did start treating a period as a wildcard character right, which is regex basic regex right right right. right. And back then, dash mm-hmm. capital E was extended regex, so, so like Perl types, PCRE type pa- stuff. Right, I yes. was getting to that too as well. I'm going to pause you there for a second. 
Mm-hmm. If you have questions about what your grip shows, it's best to man page it from your distro of choice. Yeah. So yeah. like Brent is saying these things, Arch may have changed the way grep runs mm-hmm. on well, okay. Upstream would have it's that. a newer yeah, it's a newer right. version. So upstream, newest version of grep, it may run differently than what Linux.die.net Grep page show, man page shows. For or your CentOS so, 6 or your boxes. CentOS that 6 box, or your Red Hat 5, <laughs> right. or your Novell Network 3.0, whatever. Uh, I digress. I hope not. <laughs> OS 2. Okay, anyway. <laughs> my point is, yeah. search your man page yourself, get some information, don't take what we're saying as scripture. Right. Because we are not the Bible writers, and we're certainly not Jesus. Right. I'm pretty close. No, you're not. I mean... You're not even You're remotely close. Absolutely. Not. You're about Anyways, as close to Jesus as Mary Magdalene was when he died. Okay. Right. So right. so now they have a different tier. Right. Back to on topic. Right. There's the dash capital E, which is extended regex still. Yep. Yep. But now uh, they also F. added a specific option for Perl for PCRE. I was getting to that. Sorry. That's okay. So then they it's have... just like this is. Yeah, I feel like I I no longer have to do dash capital E because I always call egrep. So this is yep, yep, this yep. Is So the then the next flag we have is dash capital P, which as Brent said is is for Perl regexes. It's highly experimental, and it may warn of unimplemented un- features. I can talk this for. Mm. Okay, so I wonder if they're using gonna... libpcre for that or not. I don't know. I would like to know. I would like to find out. So that would be great to find that out. I, I feel like they wouldn't. Because I feel like GNU would be like, we don't need Perl libraries. We can do it ourselves. And, you know, GNU is GNU. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I don't know how I could summarize that. But they, they have their way that they like to do things. And it doesn't necessarily always agree with the standard. I think it does. I mean, you can always just ask why you got it. it or, I think it does. Or LD it and got to use FreeBSD. LD. Okay, all right, shut up. Do you do not use free? Oh my gosh, Jayvon. I'll have an answer for you in the uh, show notes. If we uh, if we care, if it's we, not that we, big a deal. Right. So basically, what we're saying is, you can use Perl regexes if you do the dash capital P. Mm-hmm. It may not work. It may warn you of things. Because Perl at regexes your own caution. are insane. Correct. PCRE expressions. They're yeah, the yeah, batch yeah, yeah. It. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah. whatever. Yeah. Okay, so your lowercase e is a pattern. So that's your pattern. You can do that. You can search multiple patterns. If a pattern begins with a hyphen, you can also use a dash e for that as well. Like I said, you can do multiple patterns for the dash e. So then dash f is going to be your file. So if you have a, a particular file you want to look at, uh, Jathan's sheep adventures dot text, you would then you could search for various things in there using the dash f and then also the dash e. If you want to ignore the case, obviously dash I. So that way you don't have to worry about upper or lower casing or having upper or lower cases, camel casing, etc. It will ignore that case. Here's an interesting one that I did not or was not aware of. It's dash V, which is invert match. So it looks like mm-hmm. non-matching lines. So if you have a whole bunch of lines about JTHON working on his storage cluster in his JTHON adventures.txt, and you want to find other things about JTHON doing, you would do a dash V. Now, here's a good one that I thought was really interesting. It's dash W. This will only select lines that contain the matches that form whole words. However, the test on that is that the matching substring must either be at the beginning of the line or preceded by a non-word constituent character, or end of line or followed by a non-word constituent character. Word constituent characters are letters, digits, and the underscore. So I thought that was pretty interesting. 
I had used it, but I hadn't really like understood what dash W meant. And then you have dash X, which selects only those matches that exactly match the whole line. So if you have Jathon pets the cat and you're looking for that and you do a dash X, that will only find that line. And so that was matching control. So next we're going to do general output control. I now mean, they well, do, all right. Well, I go ahead. I'm going to cut this short. Like uh-huh. the man page for grep is super fucking long. Right. So I, right. You can read that on your own time, but I'm more interested. I wasn't going to read. I'm getting oh, not to... you specifically, our, our listener. Like, right. It's a good man page and it's right, right, right. time tested. So definitely give a look. And like, there's so much variances between like, the traditional Unixes, like yeah. the BSD greps are totally different than GNU grep. The right. AIX grep is totally different. I mean, they've got yes, some similarities, but like, yeah, they're very, they've got enough differences to really trip you up. So I always yep. read, you know, first, one of the first things you do on a new systems shell is mm-hmm. man grep. So I don't want to spend man, too man. much. Well, man, sure. Yeah. But I feel like man is pretty standardized across them. <laughs> Unless they don't have less installed because then it's space to page down instead of down arrow and stuff like that. But anyways, (laughs) point B, I like more towards what grep is used for is the differences between grep, egrep, and and fgrep, right? Right. Grep is is just a a flat out really basic, you know, do this thing. Uh I just want this string. And if you can find it, even if it's like munched a little bit, that's fine. Egrep is I'm I'm looking for this regex pattern, right? Basic stuff. Pattern. Fgrep is it doesn't get a lot of attention, which is a shame. It doesn't. It really doesn't. Because it should. Fun. Fgrep lets you do shit like number one, you don't need to escape any regex or glob characters. That's super handy. Normally in, in grep and egrep you would. But it also does things like it, it's a very literal match. It's the opposite of a regex, and it's the opposite of globbing, I guess is what I'm trying to say. It's a very right. literal match. So if you know exactly what the string is and you don't need... I don't use it all that much because usually I'm using regexes with grep. Right, right, right. But it's still very useful with that. Something mm-hmm. you might not know is you can also use said as a grep, as like an egrep replacement. Right, that's a you really, that's a really to, nifty feature. You too, t- uh, yeah, you uh, can tell said to search and, and print. And also replace. And replace. Yeah, most people just use it to replace, but it's, you can use it to search files. Which would you use first? Would you use set or grep? I typically use grep if I'm grepping something, but sometimes, yeah. like. I'm pretty quick to go to grep, too. There are limitations. Like, grep really. It can struggle depending on your flavor of grep, you know, which base operating mm-hmm. system's version of grep you're using. It can really struggle with trying to match stuff across new lines, like trying to match multi line expressions. Yeah. It's really fucking hard to do in grep. Yeah, it doesn't like doing that. And it's said. I mean, said's literally a stream editor. It's not a, you know. Right, right. It can find new line characters, and it can, you it know, can. insert them and stuff, but it, it doesn't. Change them. Actually, narrowing down that search is, is just painful. Usually yep. in those cases, I'll break out the, I'll just write a quick Python, like, three-liner, and use the RE module, the regex mm-hmm. module, for that. And that gives you much more options it doesn't support PCRE, but I also never... I've used PCREs maybe like twice in my life. So not really much of a loss for me. And there is a module right. that supports them. It's a third-party right. module. You know, it's not part of standard lib, but, you know, it's there. So it all depends on the complexity of what you're trying to go for. Yep. Yep. And it's definitely worth something to learn. I mean, mm-hmm. I 
like I said, uh, I, I am not great at regexes and I can stumble my way through, but this is definitely something that, you know, if you want to get better at it, it's, it's a good man page to read. There's a lot of really good information. You, in yeah, there. you can spend like a whole day playing around with grip. Mm. It's a really complex, GNU grip anyways, so some yeah. of the older or no, other. Uh, don't even get me started about fucking oh my old God. ass. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if you'd like to hear something else in the tip, if you want a, a, a bit more turgid of a tip, then, uh, you know, by all means, hit us up at the uh, at the Twitter podcast or email us, uh, info at System is Trivia, mm-hmm. and uh, we'll uh, work on that for you. Hey, Jathan. Now that's been mm-hmm. my tip. Thanks for the tip. Jathan, would you recommend... <laughs> I can't even ask it with a straight face. Would you recommend... <laughs> no. <laughs> would yes. you... Just shut the fuck up. Would you recommend Solaris slash Illumos slash Open Indiana's Gret? <laughs> OS2. No. Do you remember like four fucking years ago when I was asking you to help me debug some fucking grip bullshit? And we both fucking argued for like four hours and you're like, well, that's not what it should be returning. And I'm like, but it is. And then like all of a sudden it dawned on you and you're like, wait, is this GNU grip? And I was like, I don't know. And I looked it up and I was like, no. And it was just like, Jesus Christ. (laughs) I thought you were talking about a Linux system and this whole fucking time you're talking about like a Solaris grip based... Yeah, it's probably like a, what, a BSD grep? It's closer to BSD. I think the BSDs still differentiate between the Solaris grep. There's like maybe five different branches of grep at this point. Yeah, it's really kind of nuts how, mm-hmm. how much it does. That much of a difference. I was not kidding, guys. Really? When I said, you know, make sure you read the man page because it yeah. varies enough no, to, to drive you insane. It's pretty bad. And even on FreeBSD, is GNU grep the default grep? No, I don't think so. Definitely echo, not. On, you can install echo, it, though, right? At the very least, not on OpenBSD. I'm pretty sure OpenBSD wrote all their user land from scratch. I thought, but no, it's not. The BSD world stays as far away from GNU as possible. Smart. <laughs> smart, Tom. Very smart. <laughs> Depends. Depends. If you're trying to get work done, maybe not so much. But all right, all right. So, so as I said tonight and i hope to maybe like make a mini series about this we're probably not going to be talking about this next episode we're probably talking about what the what the fuck is that thing called next packet episode? fence packet fence thank you we'll probably be talking about that next episode do we have to talk about that next episode i it's a good thing <laughs> i think it's an interesting topic it's, a, it's an interesting topic it, right, it looks like it's trying to do what oh i can never remember the name of it the ethernet authentication subset of radius what is that called? yeah i know i don't know what it's called either. x something it's, it's part of the x spec but whatever also i just fucking turn around and look outside it's fucking snowing what the fuck wow uh that sounds like fun good job i don't know i don't know what to tell you you're <laughs> in the mountains either. i don't know why that's a surprise welcome to the mountains anyways so we'll be talking about that next episode but we might be switching back and forth to this type of episode later as well mm-hmm. but tonight we've got some complaints some Complaints. some issues some some bitches whining that's not what this is i to be fair they're pretty valid from a user standpoint i know i know i know i'm, I'm just teasing i'm just teasing so we have user issues with their it teams these are not our own users that we asked because you know we want to be impartial to this we do yes and we if you are a user yeah yeah if you're a user listening and you want to you know send us in some issues that you have with your IT department. We'd love to talk about that as well. It's mostly, I kind of want to try and bridge the gap a little bit between users and operations, you know, IT. 
And I think one of the days we can do that is we can explain what can be fixed that their IT team might not be doing well. Mm-hmm. What can't be fixed so they you know understand the limitations of their IT department and what might just be a funding issue. So right, and that's a managerial problem right there. You know, that's not IT's fault, and it's not the user's fault either. You know we want to make that clear too. Okay, so the first one I have here is now on the surface. You're going to have a knee-jerk reaction, and I had it with you, but let me let me dive, you know, let me go into deeper detail before you start reacting. Not having admin rights on your laptop, your work laptop. This is an easy thing. Oh, can I just, can I tangent for a second that's a relevant tangent? No. If it's relevant, sure. It's not really a tangent then, I guess. <laughs> no, I, we're obviously all working from home right now, and I don't do desktop support where I work, but... Mm-hmm. You know, I had somebody who I work with text me one of the first days we were home, and she's like, uh, every time I I need to do something on my laptop, I need to get you guys to remotely log in and type in an admin password, and that's stupid. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, but you don't understand from our perspective, and this is my answer to this, this is why this is a thing, mm-hmm. is straight away, like, it takes us less time to remotely log in and enter an admin password every time you need it, compared to having to wipe and rebuild your entire computer or restore it from backups because you fucked it up. Correct. Sure. But the problem is we, not we specifically, because this is probably a bigger Windows admin thing. The specific example of this was they needed admin approval authorization, basically, to just delete icons from their desktop. So, for instance, if an update... That's a little nuts. It's, why would it's you nuts. Need, it's nuts. Why, why would you need so, admin rights to remove icons? I can understand how it came to be. Right. Think about um, how Windows controls things, right? With GPOs. Unless the icons are web apps and they need to be able to access those web apps. No, through. it's it's not even that. It's like, oh, like, you know, trash, IT installed an update of, of right. this software and on upon first run, it adds a shortcut to the desktop, but you already have a shortcut there that IT added for you. You know what I mean? Right, right. So right. Interesting. maybe with like particular flags that you would need in mm-hmm. invocation of this program, stuff like that. Right. So there's a re- there may be a reason IT put that icon there, but now you have two icons for the same thing. Which one right. is the right fucking shortcut? Which is a, which is annoying. Right. So I think it's stuff like that, stuff like even changing the wallpaper, especially for work laptops. I like, think that's ridiculous. You should be able yeah. to change your wallpaper. No, it, it, I I agree. I agree. I I think users should be given the power to at the very least clean up and organize their workspace. Correct. As according to their best productivity, right? Correct. No, I, I I agree. I think it's I think so it's how, ridiculous. Yeah. So how does stuff like this happen? What do you? I would what say are you me? I would say well, that somebody is overzealous mm-hmm. with GPOs and has decided that people can't remove icons from a desktop. I'd say that's so. what I think. What I think is because, they applied a high a high yeah. control yep. blanket profile. Yep. And I haven't used GPOs in years. So if, if I right. if Windows admins are listening to this and thinking you're insane, yeah, that's not how any of this works. Means, let us know. You know, I'm I'm idiots. a I'm a next dude. So what I think happened is they applied a blanket policy with like a high restriction profile, mm-hmm. but they didn't bother to go through and fine grain tune it. They didn't bother right. to say, okay, like these are the you know, particular I, actions that users should be able to do without admin approval. I actually think it might have been a manager who said something like, "Could to be the effect of I, to the effect <laughs> of I don't want people deleting these icons. You need to enable it so they can't." 
Mm-hmm. Well, the you problem is saying? like they have to get an approval request in, mm-hmm. and then I mean the admin does it, you know. So it's not against cor- it's not against the corporate policy. It's against yeah, the but, technical policy. You know, but you know what I'm saying, like. You think it was just like maybe mandated and it just never removed, yeah, or and it never and then never adjusted. You know what I mean? Like mm. I think what and this this kind of popped in my head. Like a manager somewhere was like, "We need people to have this icon on the desktop. They can't remove it, so make it happen that way." And so then that was spread to, okay, they can't remove any icons from the desktop mm. unless they request it, and then we have to approve it. And then like it just kind of snowballed into this overwhelming. Fuck that! You can't do anything on your desktop at all except what we tell you. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. Now, this is obviously it was a specific example given to me, but there's plenty of other things that could be similar, like adding network shares. That was another thing she mentioned, actually. Mm. What they have to get admin permission to add a network share? Well, she okay. Let me back that up. So some places would have an admin approval necessary to add an, a network share, right? That's not happening in this case with this individual. Okay. But something that is occurring is when her company issues new laptops, they're pristine. There's no, there's been no setup and they have mm. documentation that the IT has written to onboard these computers. The users are onboarding that's themselves. Weird. That's there insane. Be, yeah, there should be some sort of document on the desktop. Well, they should just have a fucking image to deploy. An that image or, I mean, you can do it with Pixie plus WSUS plus... Yeah. Yeah, you like can a set batch all, scripts or PowerShell. Yeah, there's like a billion ways to do there's it. I mean, yeah. the fact is that's the that's the worst part is that it's not like there's one way and it's hard. There's like a billion ways, yeah. and most of them aren't that. That's hard. the worst part is, is there's I mean, even not if really you a good the, excuse for it. The wrap up software so that it starts as new and like there's no users or whatever. Even if you do that, you can still have things auto start and auto set. It'll just get loaded like it's yeah, a no, there's, default, like it's an Etsy scale kind of thing. This is one of the things that like. Windows so kind of excels at in the yeah. corporate deployment world is it's yeah. so easy to automate things on the user end, right? You've right, got like right, auto right, it, right. you've got PowerShell, you've got, there's no excuse for this. I was blown yeah. away when she told me that they had to set up their own laptops. I was like, That's are kind you, of weird. Yeah, are you I mean, kidding even, me? Even right now, like where I work, we don't necessarily have the best process for deploying workstations to users and laptops. Right. But now, at the very least, we set them all up. Yeah. They don't ever have to do it themselves. And even right now during, Weird. you know, COVID-19, people are getting new laptops and we can't set them up exactly the same way because we can't we can't ship anything to our building right now mm-hmm. or anything else. Mm-hmm. You should have used iPixie. Well, what's happening, because you could do it over the LAN. Yeah. But what's happening is our desktop person is just starting a Zoom session with the new user, okay. and then they give her remote control, and she does the rest of the setup. Okay, that's not too bad. So even that yeah, interesting. is not them doing it themselves, right? The most that they have to do is turn it on, pick a fucking language, create a base account, mm-hmm. and download Zoom. Yeah, like, that's not... Most people can do that. That's not too bad. It is more time-consuming than automating it, obviously, than scripting it. Yeah. Yeah. But it's still, it's not in the hands of the user, right? It's not the user's right. responsibility right. to come into right. compliance with the technical policy. That's, that's, I can't even get over how ridiculous right. that is. No, it makes me fucking nuts that's, just hearing yeah, about it. Yeah, that's I would never too much responsibility to put on your users. Well, and it's too much liability for the company because if True. the user does it wrong mm-hmm. and it's truly a security issue, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. If the user doesn't, doesn't know any better sense. and they're not paid to either. Yeah, it shouldn't exactly. need to be their responsibility. It shouldn't be their responsibility, hands down. Yeah. That's I think we all agree on that. Yeah. So obviously, like, admins out there, 
automate that shit, please, for the sake of your users, at the very least. This is why users hate us, by the way, because you we do You know what would be a really cool thing <laughs> for us to do? <laughs> what? One time? Just as, like, an exercise, we should automate a Windows deployment. Oh, since God. We don't. Oh, I think I saw no. the... Well, what? We need to... We need to find which Windows, like Windows 10? No, like a, a, yeah, like a Windows 10 desktop deployment. I feel like we would need a domain controller for that to really be effective. Why? I mean, because otherwise it'd be just, you'd just be able there's to, there's ways you to can do install it more it off. with, you know, I mean, there's, you can even host on Linux, like with iPixie, it can do Winboot, you know, so like you can get like, you can get Windows installed, but I don't oh, think man. you can get like, I can't wait for my 15 claims. Okay, <laughs> fair enough. But like, I don't think you, there's any real way to, at least without a domain controller, to properly join a computer to a domain because there's no domain, right? No, I don't think we have to do that much. I think, though, let's assume, you know, a specific firewall policy has to get applied. A privileged and non-privileged account has to get added and a certain set of software has to get installed. and It all has to be basically automatic. Oh, that sounds like a, oh. so, so, that sounds like a hiatus project. Yeah, that's a I'm so a, out of touch with the Windows app in the world. So am I. Exactly. That's why we should do it. We can, yeah. It'd be fun. It'd be a challenge. It would test us a little bit. Sure. We can. I mean, it's just click, click. It's just next, 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 finish, and you're done. So. But, well, he's no, talking no, about automating. This has to be automated. Yeah, he's talking about automating. I know. I'm talking about you click next, 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 finish, and it automates the rest of it. <laughs> if you have a domain controller. <laughs> right, 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 right. Anyway. I mean, my laptop for my contracting company that I work for was given to me, but it was bare bones, and I did all of my own installation. I asked for the information that was given to it. That's because I was going to remove Windows and put Linux on it, and I did. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I think I'm. I think we're abnormal in that we would kind of do our own thing. Sure. Power. I users. feel like. Right, right, right. I feel like if someone is a power user, you might be able to do that for them. That's a fine However, line to walk, though, because sometimes they right. know just enough no, to get no, to be dangerous. Right. So I say that, and I also, you know, have dealt with quote unquote power users, and I put the air quotes too, and, and they didn't know like what a domain controller was. Like they knew all the other things, but they could like so grain of salt, right? Uh, well, right. You know, I, I mean, there's I a way around that is just get yeah. to know your users on like a personal level. Yeah. But number one, yeah. we're so busy. And number two, like, I don't know about you guys, but I hate doing out of work stuff, you know, like stuff outside so of work. And so if you work for maybe a larger company, that might not be feasible, you know? Right, right, right. I, I mean, like, you know, if somebody came up to me on my team and said, hey, my laptop is being fucky. Can you help me? I'd help my somebody on my team, directly on my team. But if somebody outside, like a DevOps guy came up to me and was like, hey, man, my laptop's... I'd be like, go to de- go to, go to to side. I mm-hmm. can't fix that for yeah. you. Yeah. That actually you know? is a good segue, Peyton. Woo! Look at that. The segue. user in question mentioned that their particular IT department, and this also ties into the, you know, self-deployment mm-hmm. thing, which... Oh, don't even get me started on that again. I'm so mad about it. Is their IT department has documentation, but it's terrible. The knowledge base is just unusable. It's there, mm-hmm. but it's just really... Does it run? It, no, you it's, may not it's know not this. written well. I haven't seen well, it. Well, does it... But no, no, the actual platform for accessing it, is it like a, a well-known forum software? Or is it some homebrew thing? I don't thing? know. I... Sometimes finding the right documentation is harder than reading it no yeah absolutely and that's part of the thing is is like at that point it almost requires to be technically professional enough to use the knowledge base correctly at which point you don't need the knowledge base in the first place 
right? Yeah, right. It's a self-defeating knowledge base. So that's, I think that is a, a key thing to remember is, like, maybe not half. You know, I see people say it's half, but it's it's not. It's, it's like a third to 20%. But a good portion of our job is good documentation. It's yes. okay if you can't yes. write good documentation, but at the very least, have someone on your team who does. Because or that, even, yeah. or, or even someone outside the team who can peruse it and say, yeah. hey, this line here makes no sense. Can if you, you need to bring in a contractor, you know, there's plenty of technical sure. writers out there looking for work. Absolutely. It's, it's a, not a very competitive Absolutely. field. And along these lines, like, it benefits everyone. It lets the yeah. user resolve their problem more quickly. It keeps your queue smaller so you can get to tasks like maintenance tasks instead of dealing with Fixing user issues. that technical debt. Right, yeah, yeah. It lets you get to technical debt earlier, which we talked about in Jathan. What, what episode was that? Two weeks, two episodes ago. S5E3, maybe? I wanted to say two, but yeah, I'll link it in the show notes. But yeah, so like, either way, documentation, good documentation, I should say, benefits everyone. And likewise, a good yeah. documentation platform, like if your knowledge base is trash... That's, it doesn't matter how good your documentation is because it's, yep. it's not going to do you any favors. Yep. And also tied kind of further into this is tier one support. There's a reason we have tier one, at least in larger organizations, right? But Yeah, yeah. But if tier one is trash, it's almost worse than not having a tier one. Almost, maybe. But, you know, you need to have good tier one support. Your entire support stack needs to be good. You need to have good tier one good tier two slash escalation, so on and so on, and good engineers. You can't just have good engineers and you can't just have good support, you know? I know it's asking a lot and the budget only goes so far, but what's the benefit in making a user just more frustrated because the support guy isn't a good listener or a good searcher, I guess, of the knowledge base, you know? Yeah, Yeah, right. I think that's the big failure with a lot of the ISPs. You know, that's kind of the joke, right? Tier one ISP support is just terrible. Almost well, globally. Right. They can't To be fair, I do they're... I gotta give a shout out. I do love RCN tier one. They're so nice. Oh yeah. What RCN is a smaller company yeah. and I feel like they do a good job hiring. Yeah, smaller companies definitely do a better job. My mom I always had RCN since we got cable mm-hmm. long, long ago. And my mom still has RCN. And, you know, once in a while, of course my mom, you know, is like fifty plus and mm-hmm. doesn't know fucking dick right. all about her internet. Right. So to this day, sometimes she'll like tell me what's going on. She'll send me a picture of like the modem and the router Mm -hmm. and she'll be like, can you call them for me? And it's like, yeah, okay. And they're always like super chill. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I personally feel like tier one gets a little bit of a bad rap because they're sometimes or most of the time forced to stick to a script or. Yeah, I'm saying, yeah, it's not entirely, it's not entirely the tier one support operator's fault. Correct. I still, a lot of that is, is managerial. (laughs) Sometimes it is. It right, doesn't, right. let me put it well, this way, have, it doesn't help to be, it helps to be passionate. Right, right. Well, I mean, sometimes you're, you've got a, a time quota that you have mm-hmm. to fill. Like, if you're on a call for more than mm-hmm. three minutes, you're going to get docked pay or whatever. Yeah, and so I think, like, the, I, I understand yeah. why those things are, you know, for the metrics right. and all. But right. what's the point of keeping a good metric if the user doesn't have their problem resolved resolutely and it, they don't have their problem well you know what they're paid for is the number of calls coming in they're not paid for res- resolution. right no and that plays and into that's it that's that's part of the well issue too. yeah yeah you know if that so, wasn't a thing then people might actually get their shit fixed 
So yeah, to, so I think it's a twofold know. problem, right? We right. definitely need. I don't know how to fix it because I'm not HR or anything like that. Right. I'm not a people person, but we do need and better. We're also not consultants, as far as that's concerned. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't offer services to fix your how tier one. How does this benefit the company? Now the Bobs will be here all week. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, not office space. <laughs> I love that show. Yeah. Man. So I think twofold, right? Number one, twofold. better, just better tier one support. Maybe more knowledgeable, which means more training. Mm-hmm. Maybe more passion, which means just more judiciously hiring. It's hard at that pay grade, sure. But it's not impossible. Yeah. But even more to the point, I think, is just the extreme amount of pressure that Tier 1 faces to get these calls and done. And angry fucking people. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. you're... Well... People get so angry. And you don't want to exacerbate that anger, right? No, you don't. Right? So, like... Picking your tier one support, it, I think it might be okay to be a little bit less technical and more of a people person in tier one. Because yeah, I, yeah you, I've definitely run into people. Well, well, I look at it this that, way, right? If you have a call that is fixed mm-hmm, by a reboot mm-hmm. and it's a common problem, mm-hmm. right? And you get you five of those a day. Again. Yeah, yeah, you get five of those a day. The tier one supports can be like, I, I recognize these symptoms. You know, like this is, right. I right. know what this is. Because I got five well, of these a day. I just experienced this issue with someone else just a minute ago. Yeah. We resolved that issue yeah, by yeah. rebooting the computer. But can you take the power lead out of the wall and out of the back of the computer we, and we just don't take need a look you at the end? Walk through the whole script. Right. But but my, my point is, like, <laughs> if Tier 1 is familiar enough with these problems, we should give them some agency. Like, th- you're okay, throw away the script and try this, especially if it's not liable to damage anything. I think, to just add on to that, I think the script is good. Until the user says, okay, I've done X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. It hasn't worked. Can you help me? Yeah. And then they should be able to say, okay, hold on a second. And then, you know, go off the script. Now, obviously, if the user is lying, which they all lie, then, you know, you can go back on the script. Maybe not all the time. And maybe not all of them, but all the users are lying. The, yeah. The, that's, all, pretty much yeah, all the time. It's a weird dichotomy to really have. But, but, yeah, uh, like, but it, and it's not an intentional malignant thing, right? It's just right. they don't know what they're seeing. They can't. Some are malignant. Some are right? malignant. <laughs> Few and far, sure. But I would say in most part, it's it's just ignorance, and I don't mean that negatively. Like again, like yep. you don't have to understand it, so I don't I don't have the expectation that you do. But at the same time, we're expecting information in a certain format, and you don't know that format specification. You know. Yeah. So that's essentially what tier one is supposed to do. I think. Right. 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 But yeah, like, again, I feel like a lot of these issues are managerial. You know, people do call angry. And if a, when you approach an angry person with a script, it's not going to go well. If you approach well, them with a people person, it's going to go a lot better. Generally speaking, when someone calls you for support, they're having a problem. And you don't know what kind of problems they're having or how mm-hmm. frustrated they are. And so having... Someone who can only read a script. Mm. This says that you need to restart your router. Yeah, hi. No, there's no internet, even though I restart it. Like, or, you know, the issue's not. The light's not turning on. You yeah. know, the lights aren't turning on. I can't restart. I can't restart it. I can't restart it. Well, why can't you restart it? Well, I just did it and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It says you need to restart your computer. Okay. All right. Listen, you know. <laughs> right. Right. I need to talk to Tier 2, like, right now because <laughs> you're not. It, capable of of going off script and and troubleshooting and actually doing a good job. Yeah, and like that's the other in a good person frustrating who for has us good who, skills, right? Good people skills will realize 
okay, what I'm doing right now, reading a thing off, isn't helping this guy in any way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. Let me give give me a second. Let me put you on hold real fast, and they'll go ask a question if they can. Like they should have that agency, like you said. The manager should be sitting there looking at clock, looking at them, and being like, "You have this much time." It should be a you know, get the answer to the person, get them fixed because mm-hmm. more calls that well, whatever anyway. Yeah, we're yeah, not, yeah. We're not and again, like I really love how RCN does this. They like they have a procedure. They don't have a script. You know, and yeah, we call them scripts, and, and, and sometimes it, they are. You still just have procedures. to find it, or uh, not find it. You still have to follow it, sure. And that can be frustrating, but it's pretty quick to move through. Yeah, Arsene has like yeah. like three steps in their script, but they're it feels like you're talking to a human. It doesn't feel like you're talking to someone who is just going by the book. So I, I appreciate how Arsene does that. So props to them. Again, not sponsored by them, but. Nor by nor by uh, the Raspberry Pi people. Right. Either. Well, right. We're not sponsored by them we'd, either. We'd like to be, but. I don't know. It, it would have to be worth our while. So sure. the next problem is, and we did kind of touch into this. These segues are great. Is treating user as if they're in IT. You know, the highly technical documentation, mm-hmm. the support using technical terms. A user, the average user, I mean, maybe millennials and, and younger know what clearing your browser cache means. Most users mm-hmm. don't over the age of like maybe 40 or 50. They're like, what? What does what does that mean? Like, is you know, is that what Hillary did to her emails? You know, like like they don't. They, the phrase means nothing to them. Yeah. So it's important to keep these kind of things in mind. Like, what is? But then this gets difficult to do, right? Like, yeah. how ultimately it comes down to being able to gauge the competency of the person of a stranger that you're talking to on a phone. That's. To tier one's credit and to, I, you know, department's credit, that's immensely hard to do for us. We don't know your competency level. If we talk, if we get yeah. too technical and you're below that, we're going to confuse you. If yeah. we get too basic and explore core concepts too much, either one, you know, it comes off like we're being denigrating or two, we're going to be accused of like mansplaining or some shit, you know, like there's no way for us to win this. I usually play it safe. I usually start with core concepts and and explain, you know, I give the really simple version and then I ask, you know, do you know what I'm talking about? And, you know, it's like, no, can you, you know, like open a conversation about it, but you treat them like you treat (laughs) Jathan. No, not that basic. (laughs) Damn. That's rough. Got him. Yeah. But like you, It's important to not treat your users like idiots, and it's also not to treat them like other operators. And that's really hard to do. That's a really hard line to find. That sweet spot is so hard to find. Again, this has helped if you have a chance to know your users personally, but that's not always possible. You know, it's not always realistic. So sometimes you got to play that by ear. I mean, you know, you can, people will come in and out. You'll talk to somebody and... Oh, we could be like, hey, what happens? Oh, you left or whatever. So, mm. you know, yeah, that's kind of hard to do, too, you know. Yeah. So it's again, it's really hard to find that balance because like, it, how do you even gauge that? Right. So, right. There are, I think the only way you learn that is with experience. But, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, that's that is a big problem is just either over their head or beneath them. You know, you don't want to do either. And you don't want to make them feel either way. Right. Yeah. And regardless. That's the real risk there, right? So. Right. Exactly. Okay. And then the next one, this is much more tied to Windows Infra, but frequent intrusive updates. So 
as someone who has to bug these people because they're on my fucking box and I have to reboot it for them, we alert them multiple times before we do something even remotely close to rebooting their server. Mm -hmm. So my issue here is the people who are like, I, I didn't know anything about it. Is that today? Like, read your fucking email, people. Mm -hmm. That's, that's oh, I'm not my even, opinion. I'm not even talking about servers. I'm talking about workstations. I know. I'm just saying, as someone who has to deal with that kind of thing on a daily basis, you're going to get updates and notices about your workstation, your laptop, whatever being updated. Please read those, understand them, reboot them when they need you to. Right. Like, I just, you know. <sighs> so, how, like, how can we address this, right? I don't know. So, in Linux world, we have it easy. We don't have forced reboot mm -hmm. updates. We've got updates that require reboots, but they don't force it on us. They don't say, you know, you've delayed this five times already. We're rebooting in like 15 minutes. Save your shit. <laughs> we can. <laughs> we can with, with the shutdown command. Sure can. Absolutely. But we usually don't. And we have the benefit of being able to schedule these things on off hours, assuming your company has them. Mine doesn't because we have, you know, people working all around the world for us. So we don't have that luxury, but we also don't need to control users' workstations because we're all telecommute. And that's something that we've put in the responsibility of our users. Updates are important. I think users would benefit from understanding that updates are there for a reason. They're not just to inconvenience you, but it is the IT team's responsibility to schedule these in such a way that it is not interruptive of your work well the problem there is you have the people who close who shut their computer off before they go home yeah yeah so i think you know i get that statement and i'm 100 percent behind it mm -hmm. at the same time sometimes people are going to have to understand that when they come in they're going to have to deal with they're going to be logged out yeah, they might have to deal with a the reboot. They well, might have to deal so here's with the thing. Logged out. Here's the thing with that: you can remotely turn a computer on. Have you heard about the yeah. magic packet? Yeah, wake on land type stuff. Yeah, yeah. But there's yeah. A, a newer version, so you can remotely turn a computer on. Not all, of course, not all hardware supports it, but most do nowadays. And that is immensely helpful in our situation. Sure. It lets us do patching off hours as we should, mm -hmm. if possible. Right? Again, always the caveat: if possible. But the problem gets to be when you have people with work laptops and docking stations and they take their work laptops home. Correct. And especially now with this whole, you know, self-quarantine nonsense, you can't really do that. You can say, hey, you know, to your users, like, I, you know, we need you to keep your computer on and plugged mm -hmm. in even when you're off hours, you know, but then that takes space and that's it's a little bit inconvenient for them. I would maybe explain to them that if they do that, you can schedule the reboot to occur when they're not, you know, logged in. Because right. we, we should have the ability for that, right? Between VPNs and remote desktop and PowerShell's remote capabilities and, and even Windows SSH. You know, we have plenty of tools at our disposal to be able to make that happen as long as the computer's on. So right. that itself is not such a big deal. And, you know, again, that's something that can be automated and scheduled. But it does, in this particular context, and remote-only companies, it does require the users keep their machines available and online and connected to the network or yeah. internet in some form, which isn't always possible. In which case, yeah. yeah, user, I'm sorry, you will need to deal with the occasional inconvenience of a reboot. 
So I mean, I feel like when you get onboarded, one of the first things they should say is, hey, by the way, we're going to do everything we can to not reboot your workstation in the middle of the day, but mm-hmm. that may invariably happen. I think you're going to need to be prepared for that. You know what I mean? Like, that's something that... Well, we've been using computers collectively as a whole for 35 or 40 years now. A reboot in the middle of the day does not usually take a long time. No, no. Unless no. there are... Except when it's a fucking Windows update, right. then it does. Sure, sure. Right. Well, yeah. sure. It, I mean, I've seen it that happen. For a little sure, bit. but... Sure, but I mean, I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, it's something that we all are aware has to happen. It's something we are all aware it may happen, mm-hmm. and we got we just kind of have to deal with it. You know, I mean, I love and hate Windows 10's forced updates. Right, like I love that they're actually being proactive and they're making sure workstations are being patched. Right, but maybe not do that while the user is using it, and like oh. let the user. Yeah. specify a window yeah. Yeah. not just deferment well, actually, but a window actually they yeah. do that it will say it will pop up a little box that says hey we need to shut down do you want to shut down now or do you want to specify a time and you could put in like 1 a.m or whatever and right but my for you at 1 a.m my point is do you have to put in that time every single time every single update i, don't know. I think you I do don't know. i'm pretty sure you when does that mean let idea. us know i'm yeah. pretty positive you do you can't well, you might be able to specify a window, but it'd be, I think it's buried in like control panel or something or whatever the new right. fucking newfangled right. shit is called. I think you can schedule like a window for it to do it automatically, but I I don't think a regular user is going to find it, nor, nor should they have to. I mean, that's something IT should apply right. as part of the, correct. you know, the, the standard configuration. But that aside, that aside, I think that is very key to note is that is very frustrating to users because like that's... Yeah. If they're in the middle of working on something, that means all their windows need to be reopened. All the programs, all their applications need to be reopened upon reboot. Yeah, it's kind of a pain in the dick. Yeah. Like, how paranoid we get about uptime, that same sort of anxiety is imposed on the user when their workflow is just severed like that. So, do keep that in mind. I have one more. All right. And okay. it, it's, it's already a, a kind of a long episode, and we need That's to make fine. sure Jathan gets his clams in. But this is, this is a good really one. Do we about that? Yeah, oh, we have to. It's a short okay. one, it's a sweet okay. one, and it. Okay. I felt embarrassed by it. So, so for those in accounting, model? billing, things like that, for their laptops and workstations, if their keyboards, if their laptops, keyboards, because usually their desktop keyboards do, but sometimes they don't, if their typing device does not have a numpad on it, provide an external one. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I... Oh, yes. I, I mean, if they need one. No, well, for, I just said, if they're accounting, in accounting, billing, they, stuff they like that. Yeah, they absolutely need one. They're in spreadsheets all day long. Yeah. Yep, 100%. And it blows my mind. I never thought about that. And this person mentioned that to me, like, just actually, like, a couple minutes before we started recording. And I was like, oh, my, that's so stupidly simple. I'm embarrassed I didn't even think about that. But that, like, that's like us trying to do our job as Linux admins without a terminal emulator. That'd be hard. That's trying to like point and clicky everything that we do. Or it's like a Windows admin trying to do everything without a, a GUI display. <laughs> I know no. that sounds like a cheap shot, but most of the admin tools on Windows are GUI, right? So like it's such a core function of their job that trying to use the top row numbers is a severe like work inhibitor for them. Yeah. Yeah. So absolutely. like I guess I don't know how I would have found that because, like, um, until I asked, I didn't know. You know, I didn't think to think of it. It makes perfect sense, but I didn't inherently just so, think of that. I guess part of that is you should 
talk to your users and make sure that they have everything they need mm-hmm. within a reasonable demand. Yeah, so I mean, I, no admin rights, but if right. you can give them a keyboard with a number pad on it or a separate number pad, mm-hmm. you should do that. Yeah, and I'll even link it to the show notes. Like they, to give you an example, on Amazon, they have like a USB numpad. Mm-hmm. I've seen people joke about it. It's like, well, what's this for? You know, it's like exactly for this, exactly for this purpose. And some of them are slick, man. They're really nice. They're nicer than the ones that come on standard keyboards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So again, like I understand laptops with numpads get pricey, super pricey because they tend to be huge laptops. Well, they're they're automatically a 15 inch at least. At least. Yeah. Yeah. Typically 17 and up. I'm not asking you to do that. You know, that's my P50 not in the budget, maybe for your C-levels, but, you know, it's C-levels. My Lenovo P50 has a number pad. Sure. It's 15 inches. What I am asking you to do is maybe put into the budget the USB attachments, the yep. USB numpads, something like that. Well, there's a lot of, like, Bluetooth ones, too, and stuff, but whatever. Why would you use blue? That's even more money, though. And then you have to worry about syncing it. It depends on the model. And, uh, but... I Listen, feel like man, the user experience. As much as I hate wires, yeah, your general user is not going to want to use a Bluetooth unless they specifically ask for it. Yeah, it? yeah, I like maybe you know may, factor that into your budget. Maybe ask if they even know what Bluetooth is. You know, but but yeah, <laughs> you know I think the takeaway yeah, there is blueberries. I think the the takeaway there is asking your users a very specific question. Yep. What would make you do your job better? What will help you do your job better, I guess, would be a better way of putting that, right? Right, exactly. That's exactly what the statement is. What can, ha- what can I do to help you do your job better? Yeah. That's and exactly what we should, we should be saying. It sounds like you're, you know, like, trying to placate the user or whatever. But, like, no, like, that's kind of our responsibilities. Like, because we don't even think of that. I didn't think that, like, oh, yeah, someone working in numbers all day needs a numpad. Like, that, it just, it didn't click for me. But, yeah. So that's all the issues, I guess we can call them that i had for this episode again i like i, I kind five. of like this good yeah it's not that many it's only good. like five but but, there but we gotta dig we, deep into them can, yeah yeah if we can help get people you know out there saying okay what can i do for you like you know the general mm-hmm. thing is you don't need that yep go away yeah and really it should be okay how can i help you do your job better because if if you do again that, within reason of course but like because we've got our own roles. You're not going to give everybody Mac Pros with the $600 <laughs> wheels. And, et cetera, the retina et displays et cetera. and all that nonsense, yeah. The, 12, the $1,200 retina display. Right, you're not going to do that. But you're going to say, okay, do you need a number pad because you're in accounting? Fine, I can get you a number pad because you're in accounting. Mm-hmm. You know, no big deal. We can we can accommodate some things. Yeah. Again, like, it's more of a brainstorming thing, right? Right. Like, just give right. me all your ideas. I'll tell you what I can and can't do. So right, because the better your people can work, the better. Well, the better your the better accounts work, the, the more stable your company's right. financials what are. What I was so. saying is, the better your people work, the better the company does. The better the company does, the more raises you get, the more raises they get. Right. Yeah. It's a ripple effect of how can I better help the company? Well, number one, try to meet some of the reasonable demands of your users. That sounds Reaganomically delicious, but it's a trickle down effect. Yeah. <laughs> Mostly shit, but then right. occasionally good stuff like that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, man. I'm, I'm on a roll today, by the way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it is true, though. You know, I really think that... Because then that 
kind of builds more empathy, I guess. Maybe the empathy is the right word. Mm-hmm. They're less hostile to us because they understand we've tried to help right. them, you know. And, right. and we, and we do. We were ultimately, we want their... Coming to us, Yeah, too. ultimately, we want you them know. to do their job, but our priorities are different from their priorities. And it's okay to bend our priorities a little bit to meet theirs, but... Right. Okay, cool. That is all I have to say on this. Does that, Do either of you have anything else to add before we switch it out to Jathan? Jesus Christ, please no more. <laughs> Take care of yourselves. Don't be a dick. I've been paid in. No, 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 no. We're not. Oh. We're, we're not signing <laughs> off. <laughs> I know. We are at the uh, hour ten mark though in the raw. That's so. fine. It's fine. It's fine. We can cut some crap down. That's fine. Mostly Jathan talking. It'll be fine. <laughs> he hasn't said much. Okay, Jathan. <laughs> That's kind of the joke. You kind of talked a lot, you know? I, I did. I had, I had a lot to say about it. because I, I, I can't off. believe how incompetent... He gets heated about 10 keys. I can't believe how incompetent some IT admins are. Yeah. Well, you know, they get the job, they install Adobe a couple times, they think they can do everything. Uh, you know. Uh. That's a line from Tales from Tech Support, by the way. Right. I, I vaguely remember that, especially since Adobe's kind of a non-sequitur, more or less, these days. Okay. Jathan, if I have 150 Raspberry Pis in a cluster, 12. I'm mining Bitcoin. Kubernetes. I'm mining Bitcoin. You have exactly 0.0000001 Bitcoins <laughs> after like two years. Right. Right. <laughs> Did you guys hear like and there, was some, your electric bill. there was some data center trying to actually build a, like a, a mining cluster out of Raspberry Pi? It was the dumbest shit I've ever read. Well, density wise, it's actually not a bad plan, space density wise. That's, that's but like the payoff is not going to be worth it. It depends how many fucking pies we have, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Okay, right? Like density is density is a constant there, and so is the generation. So if you can't mine a ratio, a good ratio of Bitcoin with one Raspberry Pi, you're not going to do it with like however many because they're they're not cheap. Mm-hmm. They're cheaper than some machines. But other machines, but the machines, and the the machines that are cheaper than would be able to mine more Bitcoin. Anyways, I got way off topic there. The fuck did I say? If you have 150 Raspberry Pis that are mining Bitcoins, and you have a massive power failure, it takes out nine tenths of your rack, of your rack. You're doing fucking fractions in this shit, God. I am. I'm teaching Jathan math. I'm teaching Jathan math. I got to keep them sharp. Okay, it takes out nine tenths of your racks. Fifty-five, Jathan. It's fifty-five. How many? No. How many? Assuming full capacity at each rack, it's it's forty-five. And you've got hundred hundred fifty Raspberry Pis, and nine tenths of your <laughs> racks are down. How many Raspberry Pis? There you go. Perfect. Good job. <laughs> All right. What are your fifteen clips? I would have said fifteen, but I was trying to. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I moved recently. We're not going to get into that, but you should. For the first time in like three fucking years, I have office space or somewhere to put a desk. Yeah. So I am building a desk. Mm-hmm. Now, do you have like I, a workshop that you can do this or? It's very simple. I bought a pre-finished pine board. I'm going to sand down the edges. I'm going to wax it to finish it. How deep and is I, that? Two feet. Two feet? That's not very yeah. long. That's not very deep. What are you talking about? Or... From stomach to wall, how deep is it? Yeah, it's the two space feet. or depth. Not... I mean, two feet is no, a the... small desk. That's not. That's a very short space. You're gonna run out of space pretty quick. Yeah. I mean, I'm not trying to keep a lot of shit on there. I'm pretty much, you know, a single monitor. A single mom. The router is gonna sit on the floor next to it. Uh-huh. You mean the CPU? 
<laughs> Don't. Do not. You know better. Users. Anyway. <laughs> okay. So what? what is... Get to the point. Yeah, so the point is I'm going to have space. So mm-hmm. I have not had a desktop computer even in years. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm super stoked about that. I We've been joking about Raspberry Pis because... At least for now, while I'm working from home, I am on my work laptop most of the day. Mm-hmm. Most of what I do right now, especially, is shell into other machines and make sure that they are still working and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I am going to attempt to use a Pi 4B with the 4 gigs of RAM as a daily driver computer for a little while. Mm-hmm. I think. Now, the it's reason for that is, yeah, it's an experiment. I mean, if it's either going to work or it's not. Right. Either way, I'll find a use for the Pi. That's what experiments do, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've been meaning to set up like a VPN endpoint within my network that's not actually my router and stuff, so mm-hmm. there's lots of options for the Pi. Part of it, though, is also a cost measure. Like, I just got a Pi, a 32 gig SD card, power supply, all that bullshit for, you know, 100 bucks. Mm-hmm. There's no other computer I'm likely going to get for that price. Anyway, so I, I have a couple of questions, things to float to the group. Also, I've been joking around about FreeBSD lately. I have been using FreeBSD more for work for some projects. and I am so sorry for you. I've been reading people's posts about FreeBSD and how it compares to Linux and stuff like that. And I just have to say, there are people who use BSD and there must be a reason for it. And I'm not sure that I understand the reason, uh-huh. but I would like to better understand the reason. So I have been taking time to actually read people's reasoning as to why they're using FreeBSD. And I have decided that I may take on a challenge to use it as my daily driver on the Raspberry Pi for a little while just to see how that goes. Mm -hmm. But I'm curious what your thoughts are on the Pi 4 as a daily driver. I'm curious. My goal is, you know, after a month or two, if we're still stuck at home for a while, I may consider buying and building a PC, start getting back into my gaming a little bit. I can actually answer this a little bit Mm -hmm. if you'd like. Mm -hmm. Okay. I have a Pi 4 sitting behind me. It's got the it's got the PoE hat on it, so it, it just has an Ethernet connection from my PoE switch that powers it. So that's what that's using. I use VNC on my desktop, and I connect to it, and I use it mostly for ham radio stuff. So it's a lot of it's. I've got uh, Yak up right now, which is yet another APRS client. I've got JSA call up. I've got. Uh, I usually run some other ham radio related programs, and it's always up. It's always running. And it does pretty well. I will tell you, even with the 4 gigs of RAM, if you open a browser up and you start doing tabs, it's going to slow down a little bit. Mm-hmm. You are only dealing with like a like a 1.4 gigahertz processor. So, yeah, I mean, it's not going to be, it's not going to handle intensive loads, but you can do light browsing. You can do, you know, you can have programs running. Like, it's definitely not a Pi 2, which was like, okay, this thing struggle busting just doing a window yeah. manager like i mean you know, the it, majority of, of what i do all day i mean my mm-hmm. my current daily driver while i'm working from home is my x1 carbon which obviously right. has much faster cores more right. ram i right. mean it's got 16 gigs of ram uh 512 gig nvme or whatever the hell they stuff in those things mm-hmm. but mostly all i'm doing i have pigeon open for xmpp i have oh. thunderbird open for mail and i have terminals open and a web browser but i mean that is literally like the most of what I need all the time. I mean, it can handle those things. It can definitely handle those things. The only thing, the only issue that I would say that you should, should be even remotely worried about is the flash drive itself, the SD card dying on you. Yeah, and that's that's it. And if you run backups, like you should be fine. Like, I mean, like I said, like I've got it here. 
it's actually um, intended to be my, my job post to for, for various things. And so like, it's, it's actually doing some of that work, you know, and it, it does it very well. It's, it handles that work. No problem. Yeah. Well, I mean the free BSD thing, I will try it just for the hell of it. And I'll report back. Cause I think mm-hmm. it'll be fun. Mm-hmm. My long-term goal would probably be to run alarm, which is like a, an arch port yep. or a, arch an arm arch. port for, yeah, for arch. Yep. We are opening the betting pool to see how long Jathan lasts on FreeBSD as his daily driver. I'll give it a week. I'll give it exactly one week from the day he actually has it running to the day he says, fuck this and puts alarm on it. Okay. One week. Question Seven for days. the fans. Seven Would days. it be fun if I just, you know, record myself doing the installation and initial setup? Yes. I'm posting my... I think you should just have like a, a constant live stream going a constant. so we can see Whole just time how, using my how computer. much you rage. <laughs> you could have like a little a little bell and instead of people donating to you you have to donate to a charity god damn it Pornhub won't run on BSD <laughs> just screaming at my monitor <laughs> god damn it fucking I can't wait Jason please live stream that mm-hmm. yeah maybe I'll make a, a fun series out of it I mean I have extra SD cards laying around so I'll probably have one ready to go with alarm anyway Okay, that is kind of the nice part of it just being an SD card, it's pretty easy to just have a couple laying around, turn the pie off, eject one, put another one in. Has anyone made, I mean, it makes no sense, but has anyone made a system rescue CD image for for uh, Raspberry Pi yet? I doubt, I doubt it. it. So. And it wouldn't make much sense, right? Because the whole question, point is a rescue. Yeah. Is there no way to cleanly shut down a Raspberry Pi? You have to do the shutdown. There's, you just shut Like if down. you type power off, it'll shut down. I, haven't, yeah. I don't think it does. No, I think it turns itself back on. No. I don't think it ever switches power off. No, but I mean, if you wanted to actually eject an SD card versus just ripping the fucking plug out. I mean, do a shutdown, and that'll do a, a system halt, so it'll unmount everything, but it'll still yeah. be powered on. Like, it'll mm-hmm. still... There's no yeah, right, right, right. power switch, per Although, se. there is a power switch that came with my bundle yes. that's actually in line with the... They do that. Yeah, that's the power supply. All that is is just a more convenient way of yanking the power cord. Yeah, right. But yeah. I mean, it does mean I could actually turn it off, which, you know, when using something sure. like an SD card for storage, yeah, it could, could be a good idea. Well, I mean, you'd be pulling the power anyways. So, right? Okay, but... so for the record, I've used Raspberry Pi Zeros mm-hmm. in my vehicle. There's something called Pi Star. You definitely want to make sure that you hit the shutdown option in it. They do. You can code in like a shutdown option. And you should definitely do so. He's talking about Raspberry Pi 4s. They're, like, they're full like Linux. I, I understand. It's the same concept. You definitely want to try and shut it down because if you don't and you continue to just pull the power on it, you're going to corrupt that. Oh. You're going to corrupt that flash drive. That, I think we're, yeah, I think we're talking about two different things. Yeah, like definitely do a shutdown because that'll run through the deinitialization, right? It'll unmount everything, which is right. really what you want is that unmounting right. procedure. But it probably will not power off. Even if you issue a power off command, that like the LED for power on is still probably going to be lit. But will there be an opportunity to actually switch the power off during that shutdown without risking like data corruption? Yeah, just wait for it to finish. Correct. I can't tell you when that would be. <laughs> you can try pinging Dude, it and wait until it stops you, pinging. Are you going to use it headless? No, man. Oh. It's going to be like, I'm going to have a fucking desktop and shut okay, down. If, well, if, it'll, yeah, it will show just, you. It will... It'll tell you. When it's shut down. Yeah. Okay. Do you guys think it's a stupid fucking idea? Should I just be buying a real computer? I keep going back to it depends on everything you need to know. Because I don't know your workflow. 
you know? Yep. It is literally mostly fucking SSH. Okay, it's the mostly there that has me curious. I mean, sometimes I browse YouTube in the middle of the day. <laughs> okay, right? See, like, and that is a significant difference from I'm just opening terminals. Yeah, so, but it will work fine. Oh, okay, my point being, Jathan, is like, you only give us a sliver of what is known, and the unknown is what I'm worried about. And part of the unknown is you don't even it's know okay, it because you might come up with a, a situation where you're like, oh, you know what? Actually, I need to open up like a, a fucking, I don't know, WebEx session or something. Sure, you know? sure. Okay. And, and like that's no, I mean, comes you up. could do Zoom on a Raspberry Pi. You can, but keep in mind, you're also trying to do all the other stuff. So how much concurrency do you need? So like concurrency plus the unknown for me, I would hesitate to recommend it. I mean, but I still have my work laptop available. This is just going to be for most things. Yeah, I sure. Why not? Is that is that what you're looking yeah. for? Why not? So, sure, try it. I mean, what I'd like to say is, I mean, it should work no problem for you, no matter what you do, because they are quite capable. If you make sure that you follow the proper shutdown procedures, you're going to be okay. You know, just do the shutdown. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I think he's moved on from that. I think he's more talking yeah, about like. Yeah. Would he well, benefit it, more from a, a full x86-64 box versus, you know, a tiny little ARM V8 thing? Well, I definitely would. I could do better. I mean, there's You could no... do better? Yeah, I could get a faster oh, computer for I, 300 I like, or 400 bucks. Yeah. But I mean, like, this is kind of an experiment, and I think it's going to be a fun one. Like, can I actually use a Raspberry Pi most of the time? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, that's so... the whole point of an experiment, is because you don't know. Are you going to use it as like a supplement to your laptop? So you're going to have monitors attached to it, et cetera, and you're just going to use it for like your various browsing that you don't want to do on your laptop? Or are you going to... No. My goal would be to mostly use this. I mm -hmm. think he's talking about using it in the in similar way dumb terminals were used with mainframes. Right. Right. Hmm. If I need to do something like hop on a Zoom meeting or whatever, all right, then I'll pull out the laptop and set it down in front of me. Right. Okay. So you would use it for everything... Except work. No, 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 no. Primarily work. Is oh. what he's saying. Yeah. Primarily work. It could work for you. Yeah. I don't see yeah. Like, try it. Yeah, I don't think I can try. give you a concrete answer, but at, look, I have less of a problem recommending it than the Pi 3 because at least they yeah. fixed that shared yeah. bus thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But, and yeah. it has dedicated graphics. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yep. It does. Yep. So, I think a better word would be discrete graphics, but they are, they're uh, different things, but. <laughs> discrete yeah. is on board and, and dedicated as a separate GPU. Right, exactly. You can, I think you can get like a, what, a GPIO GPU for it? I think you I can. believe so, yeah. Yeah. I wonder how that performs because it's GPIO. It's All not, right. So know, I have one other thing. I would, EPCI I, I want to know why people use BSD. I can't like you there. Man. I don't know. They like it. I, I don't know why they <laughs> like it. I got a guy that's a fellow ham who likes BSD. He's a BSD fanboy. He puts BSD on everything. What does he say about it? Why? He, I feel like if you ask 10 people, 10 BSD users, why they like it, you, you get 11 different answers. Like, it's, it's, it's all over the place. Sounds about right. Some like it because it feels more like old school Unix. Some, you know, and, and doesn't have System D. But they hate, what about it feels that D. way in 2020? What well, System D. They like... The only thing that I have come to like about it, and you're going to yell at me. <laughs> Never mind, actually. What? I like that all of the configuration is in a single fucking file. Wait, no, it's it's not, though. It pretty much is. Etcrc.com. Okay, you're talking networking. about, like, system management, not, like, everything. Yes, right. You can't put in the RC file, like, 
whether SSH should allow or disallow <laughs> user passwords, right? Correct. Yeah. So, yes. like, it's misleading to say everything, but everything yeah. related to boot process and initialization and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's one file. If that's the way you roll, I guess. I mean, I obviously I've been living without it for a long time. Right. But <laughs> right. So, but <laughs> there are some nice things, right? Like, you can make a reasonable assumption if you're looking for a particular setting that's related to like boot time and services, it's going to be there. I mean, I know I'm going to get some fucking FreeBSD fanboys that hate me for this. I think the way SystemD lays out stuff like that in a segregated manner makes more sense. But that's me. Yeah. That's well, a problem. It's all preference, uh, right? It's, it's that kind of stuff is do, all preference. I'm going to do a little mini series of me using fucking FreeBSD and you guys are going to be in for a treat. Uh, if we watch it. So, <laughs> but going back, like, people <laughs> Wait, like BSD. Are you going to do something for... you have to watch? No, I'm not watching it. Oh, okay. So, but going back to say. it. No, 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 no. Go back. Let, let's go back. Because that's a good question, right? Why do people like BSD? Some... Yeah, I mean, I genuinely want to know, like, people who use FreeBSD, not just on a server, right? I right. think that's more understandable. Right, right. Power like, somebody users, who goes so. as far as to fucking install it on, like, their laptop. Why? Well, that... I want to know yeah, why. Yeah, he does it That on takes a lot of dedication. Like, he does it everywhere. So... Because I, because I, I will admit, I am moving one of my servers to FreeBSD because what? I want the operational experience. Okay, sure. I mean, I think you can do that with just because turning I mean, services I, I have to do it f- in a FreeBSD VM. But yeah, but I mean, it's a little bit different. How? Because you don't have to actually keep on top of and update a VM, right? Like, whereas you if should. I actually take like... If you're deploying a service that you're actually going to be using, which is... Well, that's what I'm saying. No, no, I'm talking about... That's the thing is... I don't have a VM that I would be deploying something I need in. This is, I mean, I'm taking it on your router. No, this is like a Linode, man. Okay. What a one Linode of my literally Linodes is a that's VM. Ru- yeah. All right. I What's your you point? I'm taking a Linode that runs some services uh-huh. that I actually like advertise and use, and I'm moving it to FreeBSD to force myself to maintain it long term across updates and patches and all that shit because I want the operational experience. Okay, so for you, you want the operational experience of a public service well, as opposed to a, a LAN service. Well, yeah, and okay. something that's a little bit more, you know, there's some real pressure there. Like, I actually want to keep it running. It's not something I mean, that I'm can, doing for fun. You can make services, you know, required enough within your LAN. But, all right, well, let's get back to what I was talking about, though, is... There are other reasons why people like FreeSP or like BSD in general, I guess. Like I literally meant, yeah, I know. I literally said, you know, like you ask 10 different people and you'll get 11 different answers. It's like there's a ton of reasons. People just hate the GPL. They view it as like a copyright virus. And like I understand the perspective, but, you know, at the same time, like the BSD licensed software has been abused for years with no real benefit to them. So, you know. Tit for tat, I guess. Like, it's all, again, that's largely preference and philosophy and, and worldview. It's not anything technical, necessarily. People like it because it is much more cohesive. You know, with us, like, we'll ask, like, oh, what distro are you using? And then some distro we never fucking heard of is, like, is that based on it? Is that a fork from anything? Yeah, it's based from one of these five, right? They've got three main branches. I mean, there's some... Branches that do their own thing, but they don't usually like, last very long, and they're very specialized. You've got NetBSD, OpenBSD, FreeBSD. That's it. And what's the other one? Like Firefly? Well, there's like Dragonfly, and there's... Yeah, that's the one I... I think there's... I don't even know if it's still around. There's one that's like live CD-centric. But like, for the most part, those are considered niche. Like, those are like Hannah Montana Linux to us, right? Like, they're... <laughs> they don't <laughs> even <Star> count. <laughs> 
It's pretty much FreeBSD, OpenBSD, maybe NetBSD, depending on your application. Yeah, I think NetBSDs use a lot more in embedded stuff. But again, like those are really the three, and they do a lot of upstream stuff. Like they write a lot of code. Like they have a great M tree. NetBSD does, and they I think they yeah. share that code with the other BSDs. So yeah, like there's three main branches, and that's it. That's it. They, so I think they like that lack of what's it called fragmentation. So like again. There's a lot of reasons why they would like it. A lot of their, a lot of those reasons I personally don't care about, or I like the inverse of. But that's so. If I started to actually like it, would you disown me? No, I don't. I don't take it that personally. We don't own you, so we can't disown you. Well, Brent's Brent's a lot closer to me. He's my dad. His dad, apparently. <laughs> no, Listen, like do what Brent, you want to do. I think you're going to rage crime. quit. But oh, I'm sure that you're. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> first of all, I know me. You can't even uh, handle all, I administering love it in, at work, yeah. That every fucking package I, I ever want is just available on Arch. Uh, yeah, that is nice. There's no... And the update process, I mean, I, I mean, you have can't stress how much FreeBSD, I... It comes close. But it's not really like rolling release, man. No. It's still way more work than... I was, I was talking about Pac-Man. software selection, but yeah, it's it's not... Yeah. No, I hate wasting time on major updates mm-hmm. on Ubuntu or CentOS or whatever the fuck. Like, it is so nice. I built my Archbox, the one that I use at work, mm-hmm. you know, two years ago. I haven't done anything except run Pac-Man once a week since. Mm-hmm. My Linodes that run Arch, some of them are like five years old, man, six. Right. I haven't done anything except run Pac-Man. You don't have to think about it. You just keep updating and it just stays up to date. And there's not a lot of cruft like there was with Gentoo. Right. Right. And there's very little breakage considering that process. Mm-hmm. Yeah, considering how close Arch tracks upstream, there's, there's surprisingly yeah. little amount of breakage. And when there is breakage, Sysbot tells me about it ahead of time, and I fucking <laughs> ignore him. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah he did, sure you do. did do that yesterday. Okay. What? There's a thing I have to do for this? This? What? What? Yeah. Yeah, he, and he just ignores it. Yep. I think we're going to close this out. Does anyone have any closing remarks, observations, perspectives, opinions, questions? I want you to tweet caveats. us and tell us why you like FreeBSD and then stop listening to our podcast, <laughs> you Wait, why do you, want to, why do you want them to stop listening? Because we don't do FreeBSD here. We, just because well, you're about to. And you're going to do a miniseries. Yeah, Jathan. So you're going to bite yourself in the, in the ass there. Why don't you eat a dick there, dick? <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Maybe later. Oh, gosh. Get Katie to strap it on for us. Okay, me. that's enough. This has been <laughs> System Indistribute. I'm Brent. I'm Jonathan. And I'm Peyton. See you around.
is considered a major case of civic degeneration. Oh, my God.